I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha. And this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> so today we are <laughs> today we are talking about the 2021 American horror film, A Quiet Place 2, Return of the Quiet. Can I ask you a question? When you saw the flame, night after night, did you know it was him? Yes. And did you ever think to come for us? No. The people that are left, what they've become. You don't know, do you? I do. They're not the kind of people worth saving. Yay! The quieting. The quieting. I can't believe that you survived to go into a sequel. I mean, you know, we made it. That's all we can say because we are what? Hashtag doing our best. (laughs) That is that is what's happening. So Obviously, this is a sequel to the 2018 film of the same name. It is written, produced, and directed by John Krasinski, and it stars the regular cast of quiet characters. Ooh, didn't mean for that. That was spicy. I'm proud of myself for that one. Uh, (laughs) It stars Krasinski, Emily Blunt, uh, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupe. Also joining the cast was Cillian Murphy as the family friend Emmett. And fun fact that I found on Wikipedia was that A Quiet Place 2 actually had its world premiere in New York City on March 8th, 2020. But Avi, because of COVID, it didn't see its theatrical release until May 28th, 2021. So it kind of, people already knew what was going on. Yeah, I I didn't know that that was a thing. Because, and the reason why I saw that was because I was looking up on Wiki the dates and everything about the movie, and it said 2020, A Quiet Place 2. And I was like, that's not right. It didn't come out in COVID, but it says 2020 because it was released in New York first mm. at that moment. And then it came out to all of us peasants and uh, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was so quiet that people didn't hear about it like when it first premiered until 2021. So like it took, it took a lot to make some noise. 
Ayo. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. It's nice for that. <laughs> yes. So obviously, heavy spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about everything in the film, what we liked, what we didn't like, some interesting choices that were made in the movie. And Jamie, are there any trigger warnings for this? Um, I mean, it's, you know, a creature feature, so to speak. So, um, if you are like easily squeamished by squeamished, I don't think that's a word, uh, (laughs) by, (laughs) by, uh, you know, some, some mild medium ish gore, I would say, um, you know, this might be a little, a little spooky for you. Before we get into everything, A Quiet Place to what's new in life? Have you watched things? What's been happening? Yeah, we have been watching things. Um, we watched all three of the Netflix series Fear Street. The the I, I guess it's like a it was like a mini series of of multiple films based on um, who is it? R.L. Stein. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yes. Goosebumps. Yes. Um, but this was like, this was a series that I, I didn't read this series, but I think it was targeted towards like more teenagers at the time that it came out, like a little bit older than the Goosebump, uh, Goosebumps population, which I guess was nice. me when I was like much younger, but very afraid. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was a really, it was a really good time. We watched the first two after like the second one had come out and then we had to wait for the third one. Um, it was really engaging. Uh, you know, a lot of like really, I mean, a lot of really common horror movie tropes, but I think like it was, it felt more like kind of a love letter to all of these genres versus just like redoing or regurgitating a lot of the same old things. Um, it even like, it really had a lot of that nostalgia feel for like, you know, 80 slasher films, stuff like that, but felt really effective almost in a way that's like, dare I say better than, you know, some of the OG ones. So definitely worth a watch. Highly recommend. What a hot take. (laughs) Yeah. I was super surprised at how much, not only I liked them, but how good they were. I was reading, apparently they were going to be released in movie theaters, but then they were, they were bought by, I forget who that released them on Netflix. And they're hopefully going to be making more like that. They want this to be like one of the horror franchises that Netflix has, but these three movies were really well acted. They were super good. They were spooky. The effects were good. It was just like, I was just like really surprised at the quality of them. Like, and they were, they were like campy and one of them actually took place in a camp, but they were campy. Um, They were kitschy. They were like, it was, it was just like, I really enjoyed myself and like would have watched like the six more of them. Like if they were of the same quality for sure. Nice. Well, I have not watched them yet, but not only you guys, but a couple of my other friends have said great things about them. So I need to put them on my list, but I haven't started them yet because I did start the American Horror Stories anthology that is on Hulu. And I'm only on the second episode, but Apparently the first two episodes are connected, but then after that, it's just, they're all separate stories, but all having to do with some form of the seasons of American Horror Story. So these first two episodes deal with the first season of The Murder House, 
if you've seen the first season. I did. So, that's like the only, that's, I think that's the only season I actually saw. Oh, well, watch the first two episodes because it has to do <laughs> with, sure. with that. That's one with like Leatherman, right? Yes, absolutely. And now, and this is not a spoiler <laughs> because it's in the uh, commercial, but it's Rubber Woman now. So. Oh. Fancy, fancy. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first Purge for the first time. I had seen oh, really? the third one. Yes, I saw the third one in like a drive-through randomly in Memphis. It was like a two-for-one. Wait, a drive-in or like a McDonald's? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had to get my McDonald's and then like Ron McDonald said, hey, let's watch this movie. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie with my side of McNuggets and my McFlurry. (laughs) So we actually we actually had Burger King for the first time this weekend in like God knows how long. Did you get the Impossible Whopper? Because that slaps. Just saying. No, but it was, I saw it was an option. I ended up getting a regular Whopper, which probably wasn't the best move. But like, I hadn't had a real Whopper in like, maybe since I was like in middle school. Mm. Work. You know, desperate times, desperate measures. (laughs) But (laughs) literally watched The Purge for the first time. Didn't realize that Cersei was the main character in this awful brown Bob wig. But it was a great movie. (laughs) That's the only thing I had to say about (laughs) it. It was, <laughs> but it was did you movie. like yeah did you like it like because it's very different than all the other purges like it's like it's a home yes. invasion movie with a big concept mm-hmm. i absolutely loved it especially because the first one that i saw was i believe the election sure one the, yeah hmm. and i heard that I love wasn't those the movies. best yeah well i heard that particular one wasn't the best out of all of them. So watching the first one, I was very much engaged. It was a great storyline. And I also love the premise of The Purge anyway, even though it's utterly terrifying. It's a great premise for a horror movie. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will say I also was randomly at home in the middle of the afternoon. And as you do, you just flip through and try to find a horror movie to watch because that's my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on Netflix, there's this terrible terrible movie and i just want you guys to watch it just because it's so terrible i think it's i don't even remember the name of it it's something like safer at home but it's on netflix and it's basically a horror movie that's filmed on zoom all of it is over zoom and it's during covid times and they take some molly and crazy things just happen (laughs) but it's so poorly written and i just want you guys to watch it for just to laugh if you need a good laugh i think it's called safer at home but it's it's a covid story you saw host right did i see no no i don't think i saw host no host is amazing yeah that's a good zoom horror movie like very excellent okay i'll i'll look into that one because this one was just awful i was like oh this looks appealing (laughs) and you know we're in covid so yay but i mean not yay but it was the worst movie i've ever seen in the best way so wait um, did we ever talk about awake awake no the gina rodriguez like it that's like horror (gasps) adjacent um, oh, where I didn't watch it, everybody I saw, yeah. is awake. <laughs> I was I, like, what is it about? Oh, everyone being awake. Stop it. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you watched that. Mm-mm. <laughs> and that's it. That's, you watched it, and that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I honestly I, forgot we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did too. Um, oh, man, I really like her, but that Thanks. just, that wasn't it. I mean, yay for stepping outside of the boundaries and doing something different that's not in your normal wheelhouse. All for that. But when the material sucks, it sucks. So sorry for yeah, it was it, it <laughs> went like off the rails real quick. I mean, if you're interested in doing something like that, you know, go for it. Oh my goodness. I mean, I it was ex- okay. Up and on it way. was just like it was. It was just. It was exactly what you thought it was going to be in terms of like, we hoped it was going to be better, but like, it's just like a not that good, you know, big concept movie, similar to the one we're going to talk about today. But um, before we get into that one, there are two other things that we also watched, and I don't think we talked about them yet. Um, we finally watched St. Maud. Don't know about that. Um, and we, that was awesome. It was on, it was on a ton of like, Best horror movies of the year so far. Best thrillers yeah, of the year. You probably saw like on on one of those Watch Mojo lists. Yeah. Okay. It was. It's definitely on. That's how we found out about it. And like, and that's a that's a really, really intense, um, religious related horror film. Ooh. Okay. And then the last thing is we are we binge watch season one of Servant, and we're in the middle of season two. The Apple Plus. Apple TV plus uh, M Night Shyamalan like produce show. Got it. Okay. Um, I still don't know what to think about it. It's all over the place. <laughs> Apparently, season two is spectacular. We've only watched like one episode of it so far. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when when we when we're all caught up, um, we'll we'll let you know. But. I still yes. we binged it. We enjoyed it. We were engaged, but why? We're still just like, uh, what did we watch? It, it's <laughs> like one of those like- things. Like I, I sometimes have binge things because like there's a question that needs to be answered, and I'm like, I just, I just want you to tell me like what is going on, and then yeah. watch a whole season. I'm just like, oh, okay, you didn't really answer the question. In fact, yeah. there are now more questions that I have. Do I feel like committing to like getting? any answers and in this one i'll say sure why not there there are others where i would say no i'm done here it also helps that <laughs> it's only like 25 to 30 minutes an episode we're not like spending mm-hmm. an hour so like that that's has nice. definitely uh, that's been enjoyable about it too okay so many good things i gotta look into yes yeah, especially what was it saint mod you said saint mod all right, I'll put that first on the list and try to watch that soon. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, are we ready to get into this, into A Quiet Place 2? I'm so curious to hear yeah. all of your thoughts. I'm so curious to hear all of your thoughts. <laughs> well, before we, before, we, before we do it, Nikisha, do you want to um, tell us the plot? In, uh, you want to tell us the plot? What's the plot? <laughs> In two minutes, if in oh my gosh, this is gonna be crazy because I just watched this today, guys, and I still don't know if I can tell you exactly what was going on in this movie. Okay, ready? I believe in you. Yeah. Go. So the movie starts off kind of as a prequel. We're seeing John Krasinski and all the events that happened before the monsters come in. Apparently, they came from space, and so they all just came down, and it seemed like. It was going to be a prequel type movie, but it only lasted for about maybe like 15 minutes. 
So we see the monsters coming in, which I thought all those effects were really nice. And people are trying to hide and we're seeing everybody getting killed. And then it flips to the end of the first movie where now the wife and the two kids are trying to get to a different place because all the monsters have invaded their home area. They eventually um, find other people and their friend, old friend Emmett, who was introduced in the prequel part, but they find him and the daughter has the idea that she can find other people she wants to help. She ends up finding a map that says where other people are. And when they get to their friend Emmett, they listen to this radio and it says it's playing like beyond the sea or whatever that song is. And so she thinks, Oh, we got to go beyond the sea to find the people. And so she just decides to leave on her own because wow, great little 12 year old girl just said, I'm going to go. And then Emmett follows after her because the mom is like, go save my child. They find the people, the people are there and safe and everything seems fine and happy. But then the monsters end up getting to this little safe haven. And that's a question that I had that we'll go into because apparently the monsters can't swim, but they got to this place, I guess, through pipes and such to this little island. And so they invade that space. Back at home, the mom and the son and the baby are still there and they're fighting off other monsters. And then the movie ends and there it ends with them fighting off monsters. <laughs> And I don't know what to make of it. It doesn't mean this is going to be a trilogy. Is there something happening afterwards? But that's really all that I can think of. Is Two that minutes. They ended. Yeah. <laughs> well done. With monst- monsters all around. Catch <laughs> <laughs> the plot. <laughs> Uh, just yeah. just to nip it in the bud, the monster was got. There was only one monster at the end, and it got there on the boat. Mm-hmm. Remember when she there saw the boat, boat uh, from up? the marina? Oh, from the yeah, that gotcha. whole marina fight scene where that the monster okay. just like yeah yeah. That makes sense. I, maybe I wasn't paying that close of attention. That is my bad. So that makes more sense. Okay, so. Did you like it? Initial thoughts. Also, you guys saw this in theaters, if I'm not mistaken. Do you want to talk about that experience? Did that add, take away from how you felt about the movie? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I th- I still think it's funny that the first movie we saw in theaters was the movie that emphasized the the lack of sound. <laughs> but, I mean, there is something about, like, being in this space where, like, you're fully in it and like you can hear the no sound like you can like hear your own heart beating when you are like when you're anxious and watching this movie um mm-hmm. and i i really felt like this was a good transition back into being in a movie theater i really enjoyed seeing it i and i also really enjoyed the movie i thought you know there's a lot of elements that are very similar if not like exactly similar to what happened in the first one to kind of move the story forward. Um, but like, you know, tweaked for the context of this film. I liked the, the like friend character that, that they find and like, you know, kind of like softening up this like really hard guy who's like seen some shit and is, is, you know, like highly independent and like forcing him to not be anymore. Like it has a lot of those like tropes and things like that. But again, mm-hmm. like I think, I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with tropes. I think it's just like, how are you using them? Are you using them to like enhance the story you're trying to tell or is it detracting from the story? And I think there's a mix of both here. Um, But 
And I don't, I don't know. You brought back up the the thing that they're aliens and, and I guess like, I don't know how else were they really going to explain where these things come from? But right. That one, I'm just kind of like, nah, I don't really care about. But didn't we, we found that out in the first one from his clippings, from his, his the newspaper clippings and the newspapers. Like they came like, from space. I thought space. that they, I thought that. The, <laughs> it sounds. Me, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I remembered yeah. that from the first one. I don't know because we also we also had watched one and two like back to back the first time we saw them. Mm-hmm. So I might be conflating the two like things, but um, I thought we knew that already, or maybe I'm making that up in my head. I don't know. You might be right. I mean, it's also like that could very well have happened, but it reminds me of this other thing where it's like how like how did they figure that? I mean, I guess now we know how they figured it out, but like. The other piece in this, something that annoyed me in the beginning of this was like, how did John Krasinski know in the beginning that they are sensitive to sound? Like he That's immediately exactly figures that what out. I said. That <laughs> and, is exactly and what I wrote down. Wow. It, like that made no sense. Um, uh, I'm sure I'll have more, but that's that was just thinking about the beginning of the movie again. Yeah, you're okay. Brian, what was your initial thoughts? So I, excuse me, I really like this movie. Um, I definitely think that it was enhanced by the movie theater experience. But if we had just watched it at home for the first time, I still think I would have enjoyed it a lot. Um, so to and also there is, there are, they are making a third movie. Um, Great. <laughs> but Krasinski's not directing it. Um, Jeff Nichols is directing it. If you've seen movies like Take Shelter, Mud, Midnight Special, um, uh, he's to, he he directed those, um, and he, I believe I think Krasinski's writing it, but he's uh, he's not directing it. The that guy is, so obviously they're going to like finish it out with whatever happens after that. I, I think that inherently, when you travel into like the bigger world of things, oh my gosh, when we were talking about A Quiet Place One, and you made that whole rant and comment about like what does it matter about like lighting the torches? Like who cares about lighting the torches? <laughs> Meanwhile, this whole movie is based on the fact that like he was like tracking who was lighting the torches and who wasn't. I, th- I thought yeah. that was so funny that you had brought that up. Um, but um, yeah, I think inherently when you go out into the bigger world, like you're making very big choices and this movie definitely made some big choices and like um, cast some pretty big actors in very, very, very small roles which was super weird like Jaiman Hansu as an unnamed character for like 20 minutes was like mm-hmm. we was was awesome because I haven't seen him in a while and I, I, I yeah. think he's a wonderful actor and but like to, for him to be like there for two seconds was weird um um but I did oh, yeah, you're right he is man on the island <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's really crazy that's bizarre but um my but but and and we'll get into some of the middle part of the movie that like mm-hmm. kind of was like they made some very weird choices um but overall i i just they're so well made that i just have such a good time watching them because i because of how good the first one was and the reviews for this one like i kind of just like trusted it to be to be enjoyable glad i saw it in movie theaters um uh but uh that was also our first one back. So it was like a higher, my adrenaline was much, much higher. Um, but I really, I did enjoy it a lot. I don't, I don't know if I liked it better than the first one, but we'll talk about that as I'm sure we'll figure that out as we talk through these stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I watched this in the comfort of my home on my couch 
And I initially was so engaged in everything that was happening. I love a prequel moment. Please explain everything to me. So I was (laughs) definitely in it. And at first I was like, oh, okay, great. This movie is just going to be a prequel to what's happening. I did not realize that it was going to be a trilogy until halfway in. And I was like, oh, 40 minutes left. And this does not seem like it is resolving at all. So there has to be a third movie. And in that context, then my gear shifted to this is just the middle part of a longer story. So I can deal with kind of the surface level plot that's happening. Because at first I was like, like I said, this is going to be a prequel movie. Great. I'm into it. Oh, it's not a prequel movie. Okay. Well then what is it? Are they going to end everything that's happening or what? I would probably prefer it if it was just a prequel movie, but now knowing again that it's going to be another one for it to be a middle part in this story. I like it. The the jump scares were a lot better to me than the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, there wasn't really a lot of character development, but we will talk about some of the things, especially with the daughter being kind of the lead of this movie, in my opinion. Um, And yeah, initially I was like, this is kind of surface level. I don't know how I feel about it. But if I were to watch one, two, and three all together, I would love the whole thing, the whole the whole sure. story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was that was my initial reaction, and I definitely very at the beginning, Jamie wrote in my notes, "How did he know to be quiet though?" Because <laughs> <laughs> what? But, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Like Unclear. I get it. It's it's all good. So let's get into it. Let's get into. Um, Brian, you mentioned some middle parts that you were kind of like iffy about. And Jamie, you had some things that were kind of like iffy for you as far as like character choices and all that stuff. So let's let's get into all of that. Tell me what what are some things that did not work for you in this movie? I mean, I imagine that people are going to talk about everyone splitting up and just the unnecessary nature for people to leave, you know, the comfort of safety and expose themselves in like very unsafe, wild ways. Um, But again, like those are the tropes that happen in the first one where it's like Mm -hmm. everybody kind of gets separated and then, and then they all like reconvene as a family. And like we talked previously about like the importance of protecting family and that being like the, the main theme of uh, the first quiet place. And then this time around, it's just like, haven't they, haven't they learned like the one time that they all separate, like shit hits the fan. And then like, why does the sun, why does the sun leave? Like why, why Mm -hmm, it just, mm -hmm. it just makes no sense. And I, and you know, I know you gave your, um, plot summary, but there's the part where he steps in the bear trap. So, so you have this kid who also like, it was very obvious that this like, 
you know, young, young boy is, has gone through puberty and is like much taller than he was. Very in the first one. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you can't help it. And they did, they, I think they like tried to do a really good job at like trying, but like, I don't know his facial features. He just like looks older. So you he can't does. really like hide that. But, and I'm glad that they didn't try to like, you know, CGI retroactively make him look yeah. younger because I feel like mm-hmm. in a lot of circumstances, that's even more distracting from like, like the in moment. the, like in the, it sequel the it chapter two. yeah yeah it, it was like <laughs> too much um but like so not only do you have him like leaving this space that is safe and also leaving this infant like an, a literal newborn alone but also his foot is all mangled how did he climb up that ladder like there's just so many things that don't make sense but ultimately it's like why did you leave i i don't understand outside of like anxiety and impatience like exactly that's all that that's what i was going to say the only thing that i could think of of why he left was because he was trying to kind of look for his mom and see like is she in the distance because in one moment he has like the binoculars and he's looking out maybe he's trying to see like is she close because it was getting dark Mm -hmm. but also be in the safety of the cave because now you're attracting people with your sounds and you already can't move anyway because of your leg what are you doing he was also dumber than he was in the first movie which takes place like immediately (laughs) before this like he like got like his big thing at the end like you know him being intercut with his sister kind of like going outside of their like comfort zone and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and overcoming x y and z like i don't know like he just got they like dumbed in my personal opinion they didn't dumb him down but they definitely they definitely kicked him down a notch so that he can grow more in this one than he was in the first one in my opinion since we watched them so close together um uh but i mean so that was a little weird i was also way more engaged in what was happening with um uh with uh the daughter and her journey Um, Mm -hmm. on the train and the guys on the dock because also at the beginning you know the second that John Krasinski taught him dive like Mm -hmm. that was gonna come back like and that's okay (laughs) but like I love that stuff Um, yeah and and then when they were on the docks I was like oh he's gonna use dive (laughs) (laughs) good moment a good connecting moment yeah I definitely enjoy the daughter's journey but my question, and this kind of falls into the human behavior aspect of it, since we're talking about her specifically, we know that she has a lot of guilt, and we know that from the first movie with the her brother being killed because she gave him the batteries, he made the noise, and whatever. And then I'm sure she's probably feeling some type of guilt because the dad sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. But to me... I don't know how old she is, but she can't be more than, what, 14, maybe? 13, 14? And for her to take on such a responsibility to say that I'm not only going to save my family, but I'm going to try to save the people that might still be out there. Do you think that's believable for a child going through that kind of trauma to take on that type of responsibility and also because it seems like she's taking on her father's role which is a little weird and it's not weird but a little off in a sense that she has a mother you know 
And usually a daughter is taking on more motherly qualities, not trying to be sexist in any way, but in biology, (laughs) you know, the daughter is taking, is seeing the mother taking on more of a motherly role. And in this movie, she's taking on more of a fatherly role. Do you think it's because she's the oldest child? Um, That's a lot of different questions that I asked, but my first question, (laughs) initial question is, sorry, (laughs) Do you think it's believable that someone that age going through that trauma would take on such a responsibility as that to want to save her entire family and everyone around? Was that believable for you guys or was, or you did not think about that or? No, I mean, I, I think that, I think that is believable. Like when you think about resilience and trauma and also like, you know, parentification of children and, Mm -hmm. and like how that can manifest in a lot of different ways. But, um, like I I think with the first film and her father sacrificing himself, like there's this, but like they have that moment where he is able to say that he loves her. And that kind of, I, I think in theory is supposed to like resolve all of her, like pre-existing trauma that she believed her father didn't love her because of the accident that caused her youngest brother to die. And so like with that kind of being resolved and then like her father sacrificing himself, like I do think that she, instead of feeling the like responsibility of her brother's death, this is like now focusing on like, you know, wanting her father's, legacy to mean something. Cause there's a lot of like comments that she makes to, um, Cillian Murphy's character about like, well, you're not my father. Like you're not like him, you know, you'll never be like him. Like she's very defensive of her dad. And like, and so I think that there's like, she wants to, she wants to take everything that he did and like make sure that it wasn't for nothing. Like, I think Mm. that is a huge motivation for her, but I think generally like, you know, for for young people especially in like periods of transition like there are a lot of circumstances where you know kids have to take on adult like responsibilities um mm. and it's like kind of thrust upon them in in times when like they otherwise should be children and and definitely right. can like you know accelerate development in some ways and maybe not in other ways and there's things that you know young young people and kids lose when they're kind of forced to take on these like adult responsibilities and perspectives. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, I think about like those types of experiences and that's, that's mm. where it feels relatable for me. Maybe not in like perfect movie, like realistic <laughs> right. what's happening here, but like, I think generally that's, that's fairly common when kids are in situations that like they don't have a choice, you know, when you think about like the option is like survive or not like, we we are we are creatures that will always look to survive in any situation that we're in and so like what does that look like and how can we be resilient and like just make it through and and that sometimes requires like just a whole nother level of of responsibility that we've never really been exposed to or never been expected to take on so um so i think she's taking that and like taking that to like a very high degree Right. To a very theatrical movie related (laughs) degree for sure. And speaking of, because that's a a great transition into another question I had about us as human beings doing whatever we can to survive. If you were in this situation, and I guess this question is for the both of you, hypothetically, at what point do you say, forget this, 
I am just going to die because this is too much? Or do you think that you would have that resilience that I've survived so much, I'm not going to give up now? Because this is this is a lot to deal with, no matter what age you are, no matter whatever. This is a lot to take on and to have be an Emmett situation where all of your family is gone, you know, at, at that point, if that was you, would you say, I'm just focusing on myself and I'm going to survive? Or would you be the one to say, Hey, yes, I'm going to take on responsibility and try to save other people because I couldn't save my family or whatever the case may be. Like, which boat do you think that you would be on? I mean, I like to think that I'd, you know, be motivated to want to like, continue, if I was like somehow alone in all of this, like motivated to find others and like offer support of any kind. Um, but also like, that's so hard, like dealing with that trauma and like also you're totally isolated, like support is such a huge, <clears throat> plays such a huge role in navigating trauma and hardships and like, and, and being alone doing that, like, you know, it doesn't matter how many like coping skills and, and things you've learned, like leaning on yourself, that's fine. But like, still like without a support system, it's just, it's just so much harder. Um, and mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know. I can't say like with a hundred percent certainty, like would I be able to kind of like keep my shit together and keep it going, doing it totally alone and like seeking out other people again, knowing that like, at least in this world, like, you know, some people are some people worth saving where are all people like, you know, good yes. and, and kind hearted and, and, you know, thoughtful and caring. Like, I mean, I think, I think we can see in the current state of our world, like that's not even the case. And so I, I think, um, you know, that coupled with like the trauma of losing all of your family and friends and things like that, like it, it's a lot harder to motivate yourself to like want to seek out those people. So I don't really know. That's my very pessimistic answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Because I also was thinking about the current state of the world right now and how we're kind of not even helping each other in this moment. So would you want to depend on other people? And I know we had mentioned this watching the first movie and I think Brian had talked about, would he want to be with other people when you have to, you know, be quiet and all this stuff like that. So even if you are by yourself and having a support system would be good. If you're with other people, the risk of making more noise and having to like slow down for things for other people that can also kind of affect your survival rating. So it's kind of like up in the air. Brian, do you still feel the same way? Would you want to kind of be by yourself or try to find other people? Um, I mean, it also depends what scenario and like, is it worth finding other people and surviving to set up something like the Island set up? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I mean, I, <laughs> The, the the family was kind of forced to find other people, whereas Killian Murphy was not interested in finding other people. So, like, they they had to kind of venture out where, while Killian Murphy was just, like, coerced into helping them, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. I did like the idea of the that island that, that, that those people found. However, 
you also get into the scenario where you have those evil people on the dock. And I do think that I would never like become one of those type of people. Um, and those are those factions of people like totally would. And maybe just like the walking dead and like other thing, other post-apocalyptic movies and TV shows that would make me believe that like those groups would be created. But I do think that like those groups would actually start. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I definitely think I would be more of a helper in the world than not, but mm. I don't know how much I'd go out of my way to help people, uh, especially people I don't know, because the the movie already sets up the fact that they know each other. There is a relationship there. So I do think, and, and there was never any like twist, if you will, uh, that like he was actually, you know, he actually, you know, did this or he actually did that. Like there was none of that. So um yeah i and and when it comes to her like mm-hmm. doing things what interests me about that is i don't think if my father gave up his life in front of my eyes to save my my sibling and myself like that's not something you ever forget or will allow yourself to not survive because of the pressure put on you to survive from even more than just your natural instinct to stay alive. So I mm-hmm. think that I understand that. Also, sure, her brother died and she feels like she was a part of that in the first one. And then her father gave her life. Like, <laughs> here's a young person that has been through two, tra- three traumatic things. So they leave their home as well. And so like, at what point, and, and, you, and she knows like how to, she she understands the fact that like her ear uh, piece will like help and then, and, and all of that, like <clears throat> she understands the larger stakes at hand and that she has the tools to help. Um, so I, in a movie world, I totally understand those stakes being, you know, um, internalized and used um, especially cause like n- not only did her dad do it for her, but like, you know, his sacrifice motivates her to use what he's given to her to give to everybody else. So I totally, from a movie world perspective, like I totally understand that. And I, I would, I would like to believe that I'd be on the helper side. Uh, but when, until you're in this situation, I don't know how much I would seek out help from others as a much like give it to people. If like I ran into them, especially if I knew them. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I would a thousand percent be a loner, but if someone passed through, like the family was passing through to Emmett, I would help them and then tell them, okay, you can keep going. <laughs> but I'm going to be in, in my own space because I don't know if that, if, yeah, too many people, too many noises, if I'm trying to survive or I would just be like, okay, I'm tired of this. Let's all right, Jesus, we're coming. It's fine. We're good. <laughs> what is good. like a habit of someone that you were like sharing a close quarters with that would make you be like, all right, it's my time. Time to scream. Let's do this. You know, I cannot stand snoring. Is... <laughs> you know, and that just reminds me of like, the musical Chicago and all the ladies in the jail cell are talking about the one thing that made them like kill their person. And the lady's like chewing gum. He was popping gum. And so I killed them. If 
somebody was snoring, like I, and I'd love my sleep. And if I don't get it, I will like actually Mortal Kombat chop somebody. <laughs> if, yeah, I would be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, if you made it far enough into that world, there'd be nobody left who snored. Very true. That is very true. <clears throat> they, yeah. they how loud? Be- how loud is a CPAP machine? <laughs> Would those exist <laughs> in this world? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. What about you? What would be that um, one thing? Oh man. You're just cool with everything, Jamie. Just chill. No, I'm not. I don't know. My <laughs> first thought was like if someone told me to like smile on like our our island of seclusion, I'd be like, really? Like, get out of no. here. I was just thinking of someone being misogynistic and then that would make me be like, all right. Ah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, speaking of misogynistic, I find it that it was <laughs> when I'm speaking of, yes. <laughs> I I enjoyed that it wasn't the case with the with Emmett the family friend and the daughter he wasn't really trying to tell her she couldn't do something because she was a girl it was mostly because she was deaf which is way more of like a yes I'm trying to help you even though it's still like she can do whatever she wants whatever but I did like that there wasn't that play of like so much as I'm the man I'm going to help. Just like, no, I got this too. And watch me unbelievably cock this shotgun with one hand and shoot perfectly (laughs) this monster and kill them by myself. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. There wasn't really that dynamic of like, I'm the all powerful man and I'm going to come and save you. It was more of a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, because I, I think that's, like, the kind of character development is also, like, him learning from her. They they learn from each other. And, like, it's cute, yeah. you know? Like, I'm, I'm I, you know, for, for this movie, like, I was into it. And I was happy that, like, he obviously experienced this tragedy. And so, like, being able to con- be, being able to connect again with, like, other people after something like that, you know, warms your heart a little bit. So I was... I was happy that he wasn't trying to just boss her around, but like learn from her too. Yes. A a great Hallmark moment on (laughs) on the movie, but let's talk about if, if there was some other inconsistencies or even other things that you liked um, about the movie. But I, I want, I say that because I want to say there was a moment when he was underwater and he had the rope around his neck and he's trying to get out, but he had a knife in his hand and I don't understand why he couldn't just cut the rope off hmm. of his neck. Am I wrong? Was there a knife? There was a knife in his hand when he was underwater. I know it's been like a while since. <laughs> seen I don't. I mean, I don't remember. But I also like, man, I have no concept of like how easy or difficult that would be in that moment, like being underwater mm. and trying to like trying to cut it off, or if that even like came to mind like but I don't know I I I own two boats so (laughs) (laughs) well listen I don't swim at all and totally get it you're flailing for your life but also you have something that could help you get out of dodge and he just wasn't using it and I was like this is why is this 
not happening. I want you to survive, man. Please, please help yourself. You can help yourself in this one moment. You can. Yeah. But, uh, like he created this like whole like space where he's like hiving in, but he couldn't just get the rope off. <laughs> I know. And it's, but also what a trap for them to be like, we're going to put this on you and we're going to have all of these bells and whistles so that the moment you do anything, the monster is going to come directly towards you. That was insane. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I, uh, you know, we didn't actually need like a a lot with that group of people. Like it was, there was Mm -hmm. just enough to be able to emphasize the point of like, not all humans are to be trusted. However, I am very interested in this group of people and would love to know more about them. Like, how did they come together? Who are they? Why are they like that? Like, what is going on? And that's that I, yeah, I would, I would watch like a separate offshoot that was about like this group. (laughs) Yes. Let's have uh, Jamie's petition come into fruition (laughs) of this mole people movie. Yeah. A Quiet Place 3, the feral mole people. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just for Jamie. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing. I'll start well, the Kickstarter. Anyone... You're all welcome oh to donate. <laughs> <laughs> Go fund me, if you will. Mm-hmm. Grant, well, do you have any other thoughts about the plot of the movie? I thought the acting was wonderful, as usual. Those kids mm-hmm. were giving it. It was quite great. I'm excited to see the third part because I just like like how these movies are made, what they're doing. Um I definitely, the first one ending the way it did, I could never see another one. I'd been totally satisfied. Mm. The This one was still a good movie, but now I need to see a third one. Like, I feel like each of these movies, like, just lets off at a moment that, like, you've seen growth in these characters. But then, like, you just need a little bit more to, like, finish it out. So... <clears throat> That that that's that's fine. Um, I do think my favorite sequence was when he locks himself by accident in the um, in like that furnace tube or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in terms of just like pure fear, like you knew he was going to be like I, I, at no point did I think that he and the baby were going to die in that thing. I knew he was going to be like rescued, but like that didn't take away from the terror of that situation and like him trying to figure out like what the hell to do. And then him kind of taking him freaking out, but also understanding that like his only job was to protect like his brother in the box and stuff like that. So like, I did enjoy that moment, even though like, I don't think he's that much of a dummy face. I still enjoyed all that stuff. Um, That was probably my favorite sequence. And I think that the feral mo people was definitely the turning point of the movie for me in terms of like, oh, like there really is a whole different world out there that we haven't even begun to explore in this post-apocalyptic whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the island reminded me of the Dharma Initiative on Lost. Hmm. I've never watched Lost. Oh, really? Yes, but I've, yeah. I've heard many things. About <laughs> yeah, but I'll many stop Okay. <laughs> Jamie, any favorite moments? I think I really like the part when they like, get, I like everything from like the Island moving forward. Like I love mm-hmm. the idea of this Island. There's so much tension when the creature gets to the Island and like navigating the radio station. Um, and the fact that it like then 
works and the fact that her brother happens to have the radio station he's listening to it at the same exact time that that happens um love coincidences like that um so so yeah and I like that it kind of like ends abruptly as soon as she connects it like we're not even like given enough time to kind of process the fact that it works we're just like it works and then like fade to black and so I kind of like that it just like ends on that note yeah. Yeah. As, as far as just a middle movie is concerned, I was in it. I was in it. The, again, acting was great. I loved getting more bits of the story, but like Brian mentioned, now I really want to know how is this going to end? Are all of the monsters going to die? What's going to happen? Can they rebuild the towns? Are they going to find more people? What happened to the island people? Like all of those, all of those things. So I am excited to see the third one. Fun fact, there was the police officer at the beginning during the prequel. That's the original Hercules Mulligan from Hamilton. If you watched Hamilton on Disney. Oh yeah, Plus, that was Oak. I, I, I did notice Oak. that. Yes, I was like, this looks, he looks so familiar. It's like, oh, Ham fam. So shout out to him. Get your movie credit and all the good things. Uh, yes. So do we want to go into Rotten Tomatoes for this? It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay. Yes. So let's, let's guess what the Rotten Tomatoes are. What do you, what do you think? I'm going to say 87. All right, Jamie. 83. Okay, well, the first one had a 96, and this one has a 91. Wow, oh, nice. A nerve-wracking continuation of its predecessor, A Quiet Place 2 expands the terrifying world of the franchise without losing track of its heart. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, That's definitely. Has heart. It definitely had heart. Definitely was forced in places, but <clears throat> still worked because we like these people. Absolutely, Yeah. Let's do the four S's. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> so the four S's are scares, skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, let's start with skulls um, in terms of how they dealt with human behavior, mental health. Kind of digging into that. Any any thoughts there for anybody? I would give it a six. Dealing with the daughter and what Jamie was talking about, all of her resilience and her trauma that caused her to make the decisions that she made. I think that was a good representation of that after Jamie spoke on it. So I'll give it a six. Jamie? Yeah, I think I agree. I would like a six or a seven even, because um, I think thinking about <clears throat> not only the daughter, but also like Cillian Murphy's character and like being this, you know, like grizzled man who has no feelings because of the trauma he's experienced and then like learns to care about another human again. <laughs> um, and And like that also takes like a high level of resilience. So I, I felt like that was believable. Sure. I'll also give it a six. 
<laughs> I don't think it does it as well as the first film, um, yeah. but it, it tries to do some things and um, it does it good enough, like better than, better than, you know, a five, like half halfway or whatnot. So I'll give it a six. Um, okay. Next up is scares. Uh, how scary was this movie for you? Uh, Nikisha, do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Not because I was scared, but how they presented the jump scares were a lot better than the first movie, like I mentioned earlier. So I think yeah. it deserves a five for that. I Jamie? think I'm going to give it a four. Um, I think the jump scares were good. I think there was more of like <clears throat> the tension building that they do that's like unsettling and creepy. Um, but that's like you know, core to these films. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to give it a six for the same reason that Jamie kind of said. Um, I think some, and, and Nikisha, you too. Um, a lot of the jump scares were definitely better. Uh, and the actual like tension and eeriness was, was just as good. So I'll give it a six. Um, shakes. Will you be able to shake this movie off? Um, or will you remember it? Nikisha. I think I would only remember it because it's attached to the first movie. <laughs> so <Sure. laughs> if, I mean, as a standalone, like uh, forget about it, but I'll give it a two for remembering it just because it continued the story. And now I want to know what is going to happen again. So. Sure. Jamie. Yeah. I think I'll give it a four because I think it's a pretty solid entry in terms of a sequel to like a good, interesting uh, chain, uh, movie chain. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, like I think I, I think it was like good enough where it'll stick with me and not just be like another crappy sequel that came out in the horror movie world. So sure. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it a six. I, I think that the fact that it is attached to the first movie is a positive in terms of like remembering mm. it. Um, I'm, I, obviously, the first one is like just something special and something else. Um, uh, but this one definitely is really good. And the quality of the movie is good. It, and the fact that it stays consistent in quality like the first one definitely helps as well. So I'm going to give that one a six. Uh, okay. Suggestions. What other movie would you suggest? Along with this okay. one. Can oh, no, you go ahead, Jamie. Re- oh, I was going to say, can you actually remind us what the suggestions were for A Quiet Place 1? Sure. We said Bird Box, Alien, I Am Legend, The Day After Tomorrow, Hush, and Don't Breathe. Not bad. Solid. Not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Solid group. So I'll, I'll go first. I have one. Um, in preparation for the third one, I would suggest um, Jeff Nichols' uh, Midnight Special, the movie he'd wanted. He since he's directed the third one, I figure I'd throw one of his out there. Midnight Specials with Michael Shannon. <coughs> um, he has a son who kind of has special powers, um, and he's got to protect him. And there's uh, there's a lot of cool stuff there uh you may not like it you may think it's forgettable you may you may really like it i happen to really like it so uh i'm gonna suggest that one nice 
I have a game suggestion, not a movie suggestion, because when I was watching this, the whole scene remind or the whole scenery reminded me of the game The Last of Us. So oh, sure. if you like, you know, zombie apocalyptic things and kind of going through the forest and finding out, like literally them going through and finding like different things and the, the, the oxygen tanks and all that stuff. Like that's all the last of us is like, you're literally like finding other people in this zombie apocalypse and trying to like save, <laughs> save yourself and save the world. So if you liked if you liked a quiet place and things of that nature, go play the game The Last of Us. And I got that from Aaron Albano. He uh, gave me that game, and it's been really fun to play. So, yes. Well, did you know that they are turning it into an HBO series? No way. Hmm. Yep. <sighs> I'm. I'm very excited. I, I was just reading a thread about it again with all the people attached, but um, Pedro Pascal is set to play the main character, Joel. And then um, one of the actresses from later seasons of game of Thrones. um, Oh crap. I can't remember. She was the, she's the little Mormont um, from like the bear family, (laughs) the, the young girl um, who was like in, she was like in the meetings with all the families when, with Jon Snow. And she was like, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. Lady Mormont and blah, blah, blah. So she's playing the lead female. The girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they got yeah. a bunch of people who made the Chernobyl series are working on it. Yes. Um, oh, I also read something today that said it's supposed to be more expensive than Game of Thrones. So, like, they're, like, going okay. all in on this. So, I'm really, really excited. Yes, yes, yes. Do they so have, like, a predicted date or no? Uh, uh, I have no idea. I know, like, they're just, like, getting everybody together. I have no idea where they're at in terms of, like, you know. Production and tr- such. Yeah, or, like, rewriting the script to be for TV versus for the game. And, like, how long it's going to be and like Mm. if if you know the first game transformed into the series does well like are they going to put the second are they going to use the sequel um so yeah but it's very very exciting news you should Uh, should get her name is bella ramsey bella ramsey lady mormont love that yeah i gotta finish the first one because i get so stressed out and my anxiety like aaron has to sit with me like while i play it <laughs> because it's like okay now i'm upside down and having to shoot these zombies while i'm upside down what is happening mm-hmm. i, I can't mm-hmm. but yes i'll get the, i'll get the second one while i'm on the road <laughs> are you jamie is your suggestion the last of us too no <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's my suggestion to Nikisha and anyone who's played the first one that they should play the sequel. There was a lot of like controversy with it, um, but it's mm. I think it's still a really good um, addition to that chain. Um, yes. No, my suggestion, because I was like, don't breathe again. Um, but no, that's silly. Um, so going for a different a different take. Um, I'm going to suggest Panic Room, which came out in 2002, uh, but like another movie where there is a lot of tension building and like hold your breath kind of like anxiety happening and like trying to be sneaky. Um, 
uh, and like family dynamic in there as well. Cause it's like a mom. So that's my nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Well, we did I it. think that's, that's it. We did it. We made it through <laughs> a quiet place too. And we survived. Shh, guys. Gotta be quieter. We survived. We did it. Into the thick of it. We did it. Part two. (laughs) (laughs) So please follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter at Talk Horror Pod, P O D. Let us know what you're thinking about, what other movie suggestions that you would want us to discuss and talk about. And yeah, Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are listened to, including things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank Thank you. you. Yeah, uh, keep listening. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on keeping on as we Mm -hmm. all all discuss us dying in these apocalypses. (laughs) Any sign-off quotes? Anything I want to leave the listeners with, guys? Exactly. Silence, because it's a quiet place. (laughs) Silence. Don't snore. Don't snore. (laughs) Or I will katana you with my fans of Fury. So, please. Thanks, guys. Thank you.